Damn, I really like where that one went. Cool. All right, hit me. All right, this is cross-medium, but you'll, you'll enjoy it. I'm just going to say you'd be doing it as a manga, but essentially the styles and or themes of one Hidetaka Miyazaki, that is the man behind your Dark Souls, your Sekiro... Oddly enough, your armored core. <laughs> my armored core. My bloodborne. Bloodborne, okay. yeah. Alright, so here's uh just to begin with. Decompressed comic. Super mm-hmm. decompressed. Very little dialogue. Very little narration. Here and there, certainly, most of the story is told through the illustrations. So that's just right off the bat, right there. Cool. But how detailed these illustrations are. Uh, he probably has like one fuck of an artist um, drawing this for him. I don't necessarily feel like I need to name like a name or anything like that. But Kentaro Miura, back from the dead. <laughs> Alright, so some necromancy has occurred. And what are likely Hidetaka's real wishes that Kentaro Miura was still kicking. Because like... <laughs> because... Uh, there, there was never an opportunity for the two of them to work together in real life as much as Miyazaki would have loved to have had that happen. Like, as much as I am sure he would have dry-snapped George R. R. Martin's neck <laughs> for a free opportunity for Now rise! Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like that. Open the gate to the realm of the dead! <laughs> With my life! <laughs> okay. Okay. So, it ends up being a super fucking decompressed comic, uh, illustrated by Kentaro Miura. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Setting now. My fucking basic-ass brain will always default to, like, one of five settings, right? Which is kind of dark fantasy cyberpunk i guess uh the far future uh the fantasy but like maybe in a non-western setting this time except and okay the past but not that far in the past (laughs) so that's those are like the five settings that you know sort of immediately spring to mind so i'm just gonna throw all those out right okay we are crumpling all of those ideas into a big wad i'm gonna throw all these out um this is going to take place in a world that is at the very least at first indistinguishable from our own cool cool okay it's definitely not our own certainly but we are never given that many explicit hints as to what it is or you know alternatively as to what it is not Mm -hmm. um it's gonna be a story of an urban explorer right okay our protagonist barely fucking talks you know some dude exploring the underbelly of a metropolis And through his explorations, we sort of uncover things that happened. And I'm hoping that this translates well into manga form. Because, like, we brought up Andrew Ryan earlier here. And I'm really fascinated with the idea of coming across a calamity after the fact. Oh, I think you could totally do a very solid, like, manga rendition of that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, I, I like that. Like, coming... 
from outside the context of this calamity. Just like you are a visitor to this horrible thing that has happened and uh, no one is left to tell the story about what has happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you are, you know, here to piece the clues together for yourself. That's, honest to God, you know, kind of what Bloodborne is, too. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 what, it's what Dark Souls is. Uh, the, the horrible fucking things have happened. Uh, and you're here and you're in the fucking dark. Yeah, Bloodborne, you definitely come into a situation where it's too late to save Anyone. Anyone. No, that's that's off the table at this point. Now now it's uh now your goal is to pretty much vengeance. Seek pale blood, transcend the hunt. Mm-hmm. Whatever the fuck that means. They do love their vague prose. So what ends up happening is this urban explorer in this metropolis that maybe it's Tokyo. Maybe it's not. We're going to go with not, but we're not really told at first. Because, you know, um, the way that the city is constructed, it could be based sort of, you know, on Tokyo. You know, what Tokyo's cityscape looks like, what all the little idiosyncrasies of the city. You know how, like, you were talking about, you know, when you went there and there was, like, a whole bunch of, like, sidewalks that are grooved so that, you know, um, vision-impaired people can find their way around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. More of those are finally popping up in New York. I'm finding those in New York. Uh, I get off the uh, subway at J Street Metrotech a whole lot, and they've got those there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very nice. Uh, so th- that that's kind of cool. Like you were mentioning those, and then like two months later, I saw them in New York. That was kind of fun. So you'll have like little things based on sort of the Tokyo cityscape, but the further you get into this, the more you realize that this is not in fact Tokyo, right? And right. something. Something bad went down <laughs> in the city not very long ago. Uh, but it was isolated, at the very least, to the part of this city uh, that is being explored by, you know, this protagonist. And this is going to have a pretty minimal cast, I feel like. I do not know that there's going to be more than, like, a dozen or so main characters, if that. He is not known for uh, the loads and loads of character approach, Mr. Uh... Miyazaki. Mr. Mr. Miyazaki, uh, Hidetaka. Specifically Hidetaka, don't at me. Don't, yeah, not... But there will be a whole lot of dead-named characters, certainly. Ah! <laughs> and those will honestly be... Like, I like the idea of characters who don't even really have character designs being the main characters mm-hmm. of a narrative. Such in the way that you know, like, you really... Like the king back in Dark Souls. What's his name? The Kiln guy? It's been so long. Gwyn. Gwyn, yeah. Gwyn, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, he only, like, he showed up for a second there as the final boss, and it wasn't even really him, right? Yeah. Or something. I don't know. It's Dark Souls. All I know is that he was really taking me to slam town. <laughs> God, the game was so fucking hard. It hurt my soul so I, much to beat that game. Apparently, I, I was told that Dar- that Bloodborne was harder, but I haven't. I had an easier time with Bloodborne than I did with Dark Souls. I don't know. Bloodborne might be harder in a scientific sense, but what it want, what's the, the behavior it's trying to teach you is aggression, and I think that just comes more naturally to people. Definitely to me. Yeah. Although I did play Bloodborne kind of cagey after a while. That is a thing. KG in a way, but like, I don't know. I waited to strike. Like the snake. Like it's like the woods full of fucking snakes. I became a dark creature in that game. That was... 
I came out the other side of Bloodborne a different person. <laughs> a person with two Bloodborne tattoos on my forearms. What was the second one? It was the moon one. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. God, I abused the fucking visceral attack health back thing so much. Oh, was that uh, Blood Rapture? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking think... Blood Rapture. That's how you beat the uh, That's how you beat the Orphan of Chaos is Blood Rapture. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking good. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting distracted. Um... Yeah, this is this is a pretty vague idea. Kind of like the last one was kind of vague. I feel like that's how I'm gonna be for this uh, for this particular um, incarnation of this game. But I kind of like the ideas. You know, I'm, I'm kind of into the ideas right now. Yeah, you're, you're, you're getting, the, the you got some more ideas. Interesting. You got some more interesting with it. Um, Would you like to arbitrarily drop a name onto it? Oh, I'm not great at that. Cool. That's that's honestly one of my biggest weaknesses as a writer is coming up with a title. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'd need to know more about what this was about, and then, like, it could sort of have a name that's like, okay, yeah, I can, that's, sort of, that's somewhat related to what's going on here. Sort of like how... Sort of like Dark Souls. You need to, like, really, really be into Dark Souls' lore to know why it's called that, you know? Mm-hmm. Demon Souls took a different approach. There was this monologue at the beginning, ending in the words "Demon, Demon Souls." Souls. Like, cool. Okay. All right. That's amusing. All right. Parami. Okay. This is what I'm kind of excited for. Um. Oh shit. Let me crack my neck. Brike is hired by Amazon to do an adult animated series for Prime Video. Brike is hired by Amazon to do an adult animated series for Prime Video. Sorry, my mind is expanding out and I'm hearing the Mastodon music as I have visions. <laughs> I flew beyond the sun was <laughs> Great. Or Netflix, if it helps you. But I know that Amazon likes to go a little bit more prestige <laughs> Netflix would trap me into making it shit. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, specifically Amazon here. <laughs> I would not be able to avoid dunking on the end, so to speak. Okay, so, we're talking Brike here. And yeah. when I think of Brike and the things I like, haha, rhyming... I'm into their world building. I'm into their sort of general theme of maybe not everyone needs to be murdering everyone all the time. Sure. And I, I sort of like their way of sort of just building little character casts. What they do with them is not always foreseen, but these are some of their strengths, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, just some of the old violence. Yeah. Which they'll have. They're very good at that. This is a military action space opera with an information warfare protagonist. Cool. All right. So, Ender's Game? Spacey, or that's like, you're pretty locked in on Earth. I'm talking like distant colonies kind of thing. Okay, interesting. Alien, distant colony, full tilt, like alien humanoid races chattering, chattering with each other. And essentially things are being marched to war by conspiracy. The empire of the day that we start with is a faction that feels deeply and legitimately wronged by the resolution of the, of the previous war. Okay. And our protagonist starts the counter-conspiracy. It's going to be high size. We're talking like Code Geass kind of things here. All right, yeah. All right, so I'm sort of seeing this take shape in my head right here. 
Keep going. And essentially, it's going to be a lot of this ultimately teenage because of their sort of tendencies figure trying to sort of wind back the escalation of this thing. I may even just do the full tilt code Gears revolver have and make like a fifth column terrorist group in the situation. But the primary conflict is between like, say, two spacefaring empires. Okay. And our protagonist. It's sort of like a Star Jammers kind of situation, like pirate ship because, you know, it's sort of old school adventure kind of thing. Okay. But our protagonist is a guy trying to do this like in-universe like predictive analysis kind of bullshit. Think numbers floating in front of Amadeus Cho in those old Incredible Hulk comics. Well, what I'm sort of seeing here is like Gundam Double O, except they don't have the budget that Celestial Being had. Yes, it They're is. just trying to fucking stop this somehow. Franz Ferdinand is probably dying in two weeks. They are on a ship. He's essentially running event analysis, trying to figure out where the hotspots are. Okay. They're going to try to stop things. Other people are irritated by this. these efforts. They will try to murderize them. That's our basic frame here. Okay. I think, given the sort of style of sci-fi I'm doing here, there's probably be some kind of like... I don't know if it's an obscure tradition or one he invented, but this idea of this kind of analysis... The idea of what other people would do with it is it would also be interesting, I think. Okay. I guess what this is in my head is not like the um, super psychology from fucking Foundation. Alright. But I, weaved to hell. I, I sort of am into the idea of like it being this sort of martial art or sort of treated like a martial art. Yeah. Yeah. They're also actively concerned about the people who have this and are using this for, you know... Less than productive ends. Dual purposes. And, you know, you could have a spectrum. I think, um... Well, it's like in Dune. Just, like, psychic psychic shit. Mm-hmm. Just, like, oh, man. Or, no, no, not not psychic shit. Just, like, Mintats. Right? Mintats. Yeah, Dune. yeah, yeah. Like, Mintat, Mintat or Bene Gesserit shit. Man, my first read through this sort of difference between those two was kind of obscure to me. I'm like, okay, so... Oh, I had such a fucking hard time with Dune. <laughs> it's like... Like I, I, I feel like we discussed it on this show before. Like, I understood the factional difference between them in terms of, like, what they wanted. But the idea that their abilities worked differently, which they do, but not in a way that makes sense when you're 12. Oh, my, my, my problem with them was less that and just more with, like, the fucking way he wrote that thing. <laughs> it's... Yeah, Dune is, a, Dune is a great fucking word for it because it's dry, man. <laughs> great world building, to be certain. Fantastic world building. An event occurred. He, uh, I, 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 we all know. We all know how my style of parodies go. We'll, we'll be, we'll be here all week. Well, it'll go on. Now that I think about it. Bright kind of like to do the evolving conflict or antagonist switch thing, which I like too. So we'll start that initial faction I was talking about. We'll have a sort of like barbarian horde tone and aesthetic. Okay. And it sort of comes to bear that they are a civilization with their own priorities and needs and yada and yada yada. That maybe you'll do, there'll be a, a hint of that sort of Solaris thing of learning to interact with a truly in, alien intelligence. Okay. They were their influence, honestly. So let's steal from. I'm sounding like a coke addict right now, <laughs> but I kind of want to steal that new type thing where it sort of becomes about 
connections between people maybe more on a civilizational level. Okay, no, I'm, that's getting too cokey. It's a little cokey, but, you know, like... This will be my lion turtle thing at I the like, end of the series. Well, here's the thing. Bright like disguising really fucking high concept shit in, you know... If you can tie it to, like, some form of extant philosophy that exists in, you know, like, human culture right now, or mm-hmm. has existed, right? I think you could get away with it. Fair enough, fair enough. So, like, they sort of disguised it in sort of the, um, you know, principles present in, you know, Buddhism, Jainism, uh, Hinduism, you know, just what we in the West would call Eastern philosophy, right? Right. You could find some form of, you know, philosophy present anywhere in the world to sort of tie what you're talking about into and sort of bring it into that. Hmm. Vaccine denial. No. Okay. No, I told you no. Right, right. You had a rule. Okay. <laughs> no fuck you, core. I mean, the trouble with it is I need to find one that... I guess not necessarily palatable to me. I was thinking palatable to me. It's like something palatable to them. Or at least I think they might be interested in. Well, I'm thinking Maybe. of like... So here's the thing. We are sort of limited by our... Our perspective is somewhat limited by the fact that we are, you know, from, quote-unquote, the West, right? Right. So, what Eastern philosophy is to us, right? Um, Judeo-Christian mythology is to, quote-unquote, the East, right? Uh, Think of Neon Genesis Evangelion, right? I I like to think of, um, Anna was kind of like looking at the broad strokes of it. Sort of in the way that, you know, Brike was looking at the broad strokes of, you know, again, quote-unquote, Eastern philosophy when mm-hmm. doing Avatar, right? I it, it, It's interesting sort of watching, you know, one side of the world find, you know... Maybe just a broad strokes thing on, like, utilitarianism. That's interesting. You could, like, you could do something with that. Because then you can sort of, like... I don't know, they're, they're analyzing these outcomes and they're trying to decide what's right to do in these cases, and this is... That actually is reminding me of Foundation a whole lot, yeah. All right, so Brike produces a Weeaboo Foundation ripoff of Pirates. <laughs> That's my pitch, in a nutshell. I'm, re- I'm good at summarizing things sometimes. All right, yeah, okay, cool. I'm into this. I think where it would drift from Foundation a bit in influences and just because of my own... Bugbear is the ultimate antagonist faction will probably not just be the hooting and hollering of the primitives, but a group trying to maintain a sort of neoliberal, this is for the best status quo. Yeah, the ones who like like who are convinced that they have it figured out and you just haven't come around to it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll be basically trying to like fight the cynicism with like the, pe- God, those are the previous type- generations those of him. Those are the fucking worst parts of me that I try to kill every day and they still live. Man. I think the worst part of me is really vindictive and lazy. <laughs> Which at least is easier because I just have to say don't. Well, I have vindictive parts, yes, and I have lazy parts, yes, but there's parts of me that are even worse than that. Woo! All right, so 
we've run these for a while, so I'm going to throw you a fun one. Okay. An amusing one to sort of play us out, unless you have one for me after this. I think you give me one last one, I'll give you one last one. Very cool. I'm actually sort of torn between two here. Oh, I see. Nope, I'm bringing it back to our boy. You're doing Kubo. <laughs> oh, fuck me. All right. <laughs> I could just bring up the Google Doc right now. I could just show the world. <laughs> because I've played this game with Taide Kubo as the impetus or as the prompt before. Right, and maybe. Want me to give you a different guy then? <laughs> if you don't want me to just go find the doc that we put all, all of right. this on. Because we did this rip before. Dear listener, with Taide Kubo. That is true. That's true. All right, give me a sec here. It's got to get. So, in our particular batch of people, you know, when we grew up, as we all started in that sort of shonen shoujo frame, mm-hmm. there was one man who, in my opinion, maybe the opinions of others, was kind of the hack master. He knew how to draw. He would just walk in and grab a bunch of other people's ideas and say, look at this fresh product. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say, and apologies if you somehow listen to this, because I'm sure you're a nice person in your day-to-day life. Mm. Hiro Mashima, the motherfucker that does, like, Rave Master and Fairy Tale. (laughs) (laughs) Just a whole new thing by him. I'm going to say that, you know what? I'm going to make this fun. His whole creative approach, but he is doing a creator-owned Image Comics thing. For Western audiences. Okay, cool. So what's your Mashima? Okay, I'm going to do what I've been doing. Start broad, get narrower. Kind of like, kind of find my way to the premise here, right? So, I don't know that this necessarily has to be some action-adventure thing, right? Because a whole lot of the time, what I've been seeing these days in, you know, like indie graphic novels is that they're not mm-hmm. uh sometimes they are you know you know you, you you got your sagas um you got your cross you got stuff like that but as often as not i've seen you know like folks who you know write superhero you know stuff a whole lot of the time you know on their own time will do you know some sort of um I know, I'm thinking about, like, Azarello right now and Southern Bastards. Um, right, yeah. Right? Um, which, crime drama, so it's adjacent, right, to the action-adventure stuff that I'm talking about, right? But for whatever reason, like, I was thinking of Strangers in Paradise. Um, I still need to read that. So that was where my head originally went. And so I'm thinking, um, what if... You know, what's fairy tale guy's name again? Hiro Mashima. Hiro Mashima, right? What if Hiro Mashima, right, wrote sort of like a um. So slice of life means something different in Western comics than it does in um manga, right? Mm-hmm. In manga, it is often extremely episodic, right? Uh, it's often like an extremely episodic giant fucking cast 
mostly just an excuse to have interactions between quirky characters and like probably a good deal of fan service in there too, right? In Western comics, I find it is less episodic, far more a story that takes place in a mundane setting, yes, in order to tell like a focused story. And it's very, very broad, but that is just a pattern that I've noticed, you know, from one side of the pond to the other. Mm-hmm. Because it's, if the Atlantic Ocean is the pond, I guess that the Pacific Ocean is the lake, right? From one side of the lake to the other. <laughs> so, with that in mind, I'm sort of into the idea of him remixing, yes, American comic book artists, but also American webcomic artists, too. And him getting in his head oh my God. that Jeff Jocks oh my God. is some kind of dude who should be imitated. <laughs> oh God, I've known you just long enough that I finally hit the prestige <laughs> on this magic trick you're building here. <laughs> like you, like you, dawning horror. You had it figured out like three seconds beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm... This is kind of where my head's at with this. Where it is this, this, um... Fucking directionalist slog. (laughs) That acts at having a direction. In a way that, you know, manga often doesn't have to. Manga can just, like, continue doing skits, right? For as long as, you know, the manga doesn't get cancelled. You know, in American, you know, indie comic books, usually you have to be going somewhere. But he's not going to fucking do that because he's been reading web comics because you don't have to fucking pay for those. (laughs) (laughs) You've invented such a disease here. I'm playing your game right now. This thing is going to break out of this episode and start infecting people. God, I hope not. (laughs) Actually, yeah, I, I I hope it does, because I don't like them very much. I don't think they deserve good things. <laughs> you know, it is this rom-com sort of slice of life takes place in, like, I don't know, let's say Chicago. Yeah. Sure. Fuck, fucking Chicago. Let's say Chicago. Chicago as rendered through photo reference. As rendered through photo reference. Google image search. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gotta make sure that this is making fun of him and not just making fun of Jeff Jocks. Um, <laughs> but like... I, I admire you not saying a certain hyphenated <laughs> term. Actually, some people would make it one word. It's like a conjoined word. Which word? A headstep. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not going to make fun of, you know, self-harm. I'm just going to make fun of the fact that he sucks at making a webcomic. Fair. Fair. (laughs) Which he does. Um, Okay, so... It takes place in Chicago, and, like, right out the fucking gate, it has way the fuck too big a cast. Like, within the first issue of this thing, he introduces, like, 25 fucking characters, and you know 
from how fucking over-designed they all are, that they're all going to be super important and that you better fucking remember their names, Buster, or you're going to be in the dark for the next seven volumes. Yes. They're, and he's not going to give you a lot of time to remember their names, too, because they're going to start becoming important, like, pretty much immediately. Uh, and the whole thing is all about, like, fucking interpersonal drama, uh, it takes place during, like, one winter in Chicago, because that was the amount of research that he was willing to do. He's like, oh, man, Chicago winters suck. All right. All right, let's do something with that. And, like, maybe that's an interesting place to start, but he's not going to really do anything interesting with it. I'm imagining the hate read tag, is it still winter? It's still winter. <laughs> it's still winter. <laughs> because... <laughs> the thing goes on for five years, but only three months have passed... Wait, no, I'm not I'm not supposed to be dunking on Jeff Jocks. <laughs> I mean, I understand how this ended up being dumping on Jeff Jocks. We've taken someone who just steals shit and having him just steal from someone who sucks. So there the joke go. is just going to end up being about the guy who sucks. Because Fairy Tale was just him stealing from um God, what's his name? Oda Sensei? Uh, Ichiro Oda. Ichiro Oda, and, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just him stealing from Ichiro Oda. So what if he stole from Jeff Jox instead? <laughs> <laughs> so instead of, like, the gradual buildup of, like, the, the gradual sort of cancerous buildup of, like, dumb fuck supporting cast the way that, uh, the way that it had, the way that questionable content had, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of that... It's just immediately, they're all fucking there, right? They're very important. Damn. You're supposed to recognize how very important all of them are. <laughs> um, they have very modern haircuts. They have extremely modern haircuts. Uh, it is the middle of winter, and women dress the way they do in his comics. Good, good. That's very important. Yeah, that's like, like we need to... That must be said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining fur coats of cleavage... He'd find a way. Amazing. Maybe he'd like. Maybe he'd get his buddy uh, Taito on the line and be like, "Yo, you know about fashion? <laughs> Do I? Do... Great. You've come to the right place, my friend. Okay. Um. Let's get narrower here and just <laughs> maybe let's get off Jeff for a second here. Just, okay. if, if for no other reason than just to focus the premise just a little bit. Okay. So it's about... Mm-hmm. It's about some fucking asshole. <laughs> SFA for you uh, technicians it's out there. It's about SFA. Let's say he's new in town because he's at the very least going to recognize the fact, you know, that you know, you need a sort of uh, everyman kind of character, right? Yep, yep. So, he just moved here from, I don't know, a city, but a smaller one in America. Like, like smaller than Chicago, like a Boston kind of? Uh, well, Boston's pretty big. Albuquerque. Mm. Albuquerque, okay. He just moved here from Albuquerque, right? And so, you know, his newness to this is supposed to be, you know, how you identify with him. But, like, mostly, again, like, he's so fucking bad at pacing all of this <laughs> that he just, like, just bum-rushes you with characters. Uh, like and, you, get, you get halfway through his version of Pine Size's name before... And, and SFA, right? Yeah. Does not seem to have any fucking problem remembering these people's names. <laughs> uh 
whereas you cannot be fucked. <laughs> so ASFA probably bumbles his way into like some dumb shit love triangle, right? Um, and that's going to be the main, like disappointingly so, is going to be the main narrative thrust of this series is that he's got like two dozen characters, three dozen character designs, some fucking how, and it's all going to be about some dumb shit love triangle between the three least interesting characters in this thing. All of his main girls sort of have the same look. Yeah. Just, so I think there are two of them this time and they distinguish by hair color. No, they're both going to be, um, they're both going to be blonde titty monsters, but one of them is going to have shorter hair. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking artist. And like one of them, maybe the one with longer hair is going to be, and I like a little bit more alt than the other one. Yeah, a, l- a little bit more alt, sort of the, uh... <laughs> sort of like the Brie, the Brie Bella to uh... <laughs> the Brie Bella to the short-haired ones, Nikki. <laughs> oh man! By the way, a wrestle spoiler. Did you hear a fucking Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson? Oh yeah, he's uh, he's Brighty now. Yeah, no longer D Bry. Yeah, no, I'd heard about that, and also Adam Cole, and also Ruby Soho, which, fucking love that rename. If you're not too tired, there's a match you might want to see tonight. We'll, we'll get back to that later. We'll get this. Okay. I feel like I've had my fun. Yeah, I'd say sketch that pretty well, and honestly, just the idea of a thief stealing from questionable content is just itself. The mind opens. <laughs> there's so much awful shit you can do. Nice. Okay, um... I think I'm gonna take one last turn pitching to you, and then we can we can wrap this because we are uh, we're getting up there. We're getting up there, also getting towards uh, 1:30 a.m. when the the wolves come out. When the wolves come out and uh, in in South Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Okay, I'm gonna give you like a very Sam pitch. I like fun. You've got a gun to make you go. Alright, um, so after I clean myself up, <laughs> I have a gun to me. Man, I was gonna ass clown the last one. Fuck you. <laughs> you had to take that shit away from me. I am the ass clown now. Oh, man. I mean, some of these elements might be familiar to you just because of a well, I mean, like, in my back pocket. It's, well, the thing about Gundam is that it's a lot of very similar elements kind of just playing themselves out differently each time. Well, I just meant similar to some things we, we were talking about, but... Okay, sure. Alright, so my Gundam AU, instead of being framed against the spiritual ghosts of the World Wars, is going to be framed against the spiritual ghosts of assorted, failed, and successful revolutions. Okay. It's going to be a... It's kind of a French Revolution, Ru- Russian Revolution scenario. Ah, so... So Mike Duncan makes his presence known in this Gundam. Mike Duncan makes his presence extremely known in this... Gundam. Also, an entire season may just be like a monster-style situational breakdown. Cool. I think that these are, again, my peccadillas coming out, but he said, I get the AU, so here we go. We start out, our protagonist is going to be a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed young man who repeatedly discovers that every column he aligns with himself as he tries to survive this scenario either does not have intentions that match their claims or are ex- are blind to how 
their method blind how their methods impact their environment i guess i have to sort of draw the factional diagram out to make that more concrete okay because I don't, revolutions are very interesting to me particularly because you have like this corrupt old guard but you might have these people who know what kind of chasm these situations can, can sink into and think that it's better to hold things together which debatably depending on who you are you're wrong in my opinion but it might be <laughs> and that's first off a just a great not a shar but maybe a good place to put a little haman in there okay cool what does you can have like, some ex- oh, this is bad, but like you should see what worse looks like. Exactly, exactly. You have external mercenaries hired by any given faction. I'm going to slip my own Ali Alsace's clone in there because there we go. Hmm, yeah. Well, I mean, Ali Alsace is you know is Yazan Gable, the the Yazan Gable, the Yazan Gable. Yeah, I, I gotta give props gotta get to, to the, the co- gotta get to the core of the yeah. Yazan Gable. Um, I think part of the tension. I might throw in a. Lala slash not peacecraft, more like Lacus. Ma- Did you ever watch Seed? I didn't see Seed. It was okay. Whatever. Our sort of Lala ish figure might ju- might just be someone that he feels new type wavelengths toward. Sure. That is in some kind of like monar- monarchy or not monarchist. Though. Actually, I guess that Lacus was sort of- some kind of. Benign member of the upjumped aristocracy. Lacus was the entrenched force of the Relina, who was an evolution of the Sela. So, like, Lacus can trace her lineage more to Sela than she can to Lala. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just my musings here. Ignore me. That is totally fine. I um, in terms of just my Gundam ideas, I'm just gonna bracket a few out there, except for the ones I use in the comic because uh. You people don't get the milk for free. <laughs> I think there will be a three-episode inter... Inter? Within. Intra? Intra, yeah. There will be a three-episode intra-factional debate on whether or not they will use their equivalent of the colony laser that descends into violence, and the cooler heads do not prevail. Because this is Gundam. Because this is Gundam. Essentially sort of a Gerond and Jacobin situation, because again, this is going to be Revolution Gundam. Sure, of course. I think our char by design pretty much has to be a guy jet stream weaving between factions. Well, a Talleyrand. A Talleyrand. Yeah, our Talleyrand must be char. Yeah, our Talleyrand must be char. It is, it, what if Talleyrand was also an ace pilot? Fuck yes. yes. That's the coolest shit. Yes, you see why You see why this would be, this, this is the AAA, Gundam AU I do. <laughs> I'm just thinking just like him like flying his fucking random thing. It's like, it's better to be ahead of something that's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you see, Amaro? I think in my treatment of a sort of um, Hamanish figure... It would be closer to kind of like how a military genius like Napoleon hits out of nowhere three quarters of the way through all this insanity. As Haman kind of, board... kind of did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially a board flipper who is a new type. Who is that dude, that girl? Okay. Perhaps to keep things from being a pure mirror, I would, I would have... Oh, them Jacobins, though. I was going to say I would have them represent like a counter-revolutionary force, but I, I would be really interested in the sort of guillotine segments of this. Or I think they would be both served by being part of the guillotine segments of this. That's something I would have to hash out. But you get you get the general idea. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely get the general yeah, idea. The important here. things here are revolutionary framed gun. I'm probably just contain the whole thing to like Mars the whole fucking time. Okay. Well, 
contractually, some of it would need to take place on space and some of it would have to take place on Earth. You just gotta. You just gotta. I think in the phase where, you know, France sort of stomping over a neighbor, nearby country saying, you're free now, like us. It was like a pistol held behind their head. <laughs> well, it's like that fucking, um, that cover in the National Lampoon with them aiming the gun at the dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, I'm gonna, this, during this one's version of re-entry, because of re-entry drama is just one of my favorite Gundam things. Oh, it's so fun, yeah. I think I might just do, like, my S1 or my S1 or S2 finale in, within some re-entry drama. Okay, cool. Like, named characters are going to burn. I think that was, like, when when it became clear that Gundam was gonna be really good was during that re-entry sequence in the first season. Yeah. Last season, the first series. It's special, it's special, and it's... Yeah, the series has a way of the kind of thing, and I would definitely like to bring that kind of thing to this kind of frame. Okay. And the erection I have for the words Talleyrand Char <laughs> are yes. slightly tilting my Oh my god, yeah, right? It's so good. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's m- mine for that. Thank you all for listening to us bloviate about theory. Don't be surprised if some version of this with one of our na- one or both of our names stuck on it runs into the world at some point. Bro, that Satoshi Kone one is money. Yeah. Sleep well. Get fucking vaxxed if you haven't. Please get vaccinated. Why are you even on my fucking Please, website? I want this to be over. Get fucking vaccinated. I like live entertainment. Also living. Living. I like right. going out to eat. Godspeed. This is Weeaboo Hell. Fuck 12. Fuck 12. We're going back to one. Fuck 12. All right, peace. (laughs)